Get ready to get blitzed on the Blitz Podcast at thehuddle.com with your host, Steve Gallo and Harley Schultz. back for another episode of the Blitz podcast for our week five, well, maybe week four for a couple of teams. Anyway, week five podcast for the fantasy season. Of course, I'm Steve Gallo, your host, joined by my trusty sidekick and co-host, Harley Schultz. Harley, how's it going, my man? You don't know, it's really uh, going pretty well here. Uh, people who aren't aware, we tend to record our show on Monday nights, and uh, we get to watch uh, the Kansas State Chiefs, my favorite team play on Monday night for the second week in a row. Well, you might be able to watch it. I've got to check over my shoulder every time when you're talking and I'm not so that I can see what's going on because the TV's behind my recording studio. I guess I probably should work on that in the off season. Exactly. Or put a mirror up. That would work. It would, actually. That's not a bad idea. That, you know what? That's what I'll ask for Christmas. I'll ask for a mirror, big mirror. Anyway, um, lots of stuff to get into. And, you know... I think that what we'll talk about, instead of telling people who they should pick up and all that kind of stuff, I don't see how we don't have a segment this week on COVID and how possibly your league can adapt to what looks like a new normal going forward, which means we don't know exactly what happens week to week. Well, yeah, as uh, people just paying attention to the news will find out that uh, anyone can get hit with COVID, uh, as is the case, uh, obviously, uh, the U.S. president uh, coming down with COVID, uh, NFL teams coming down with COVID, uh, British prime minister came down with COVID. It doesn't matter who you are. Yep. COVID, COVID's coming for you, baby. Yes, that is true. I know some people say it's not that big a deal, <clears throat> but you know what? Be safe. There are some people that are at higher risk than you possibly. Um, you're not doing it for yourself. You're doing it for others. Think of it as a good civic duty type thing. I live with my mother-in-law, or I should say she lives with me, she's 75 on oxygen. So I've got to be extra careful, right? Um, well, yeah, and I, I'm kind of uh, I, I'm I'm constantly out and about at bars and restaurants as part of my uh, business. So it I am constantly seeing different people on a daily basis. It's not like I'm seeing the same people every single day. So right. it's kind of hard to have a tight uh, personal cluster of people when you're in the business of supporting a business that has lots of people coming to it. Yep. So anyway, um, of course, in addition to that, we'll be having our normal DFS segment. But can't go anywhere before we go and check out what Harley has to um, tell us on this week's <coughs> Blitz Podcast News. Thank you, Steve. COVID finally struck the NFL this past week as the Tennessee Titans had more than 20 confirmed positive cases. This led the NFL to postponing their contest with the Pittsburgh Steelers until week eight. In addition, New England Patriots quarterback Cam Newton also got bit by the bug, forcing their game against the Kansas City Chiefs to be delayed until Monday night. Continued testing found no other cases on the Patriots roster, further strengthening the argument that the Patriots receiving core cannot catch anything from Newton. <laughs> 
Two more first-round running backs, Nick Chubb and Austin Eckler, sustained significant injuries this past weekend. Both Chubb and Eckler's backups are already owned in your fantasy league, so there really isn't much to the story from a fantasy perspective. Nevertheless, consider this your PSA to roster your starting running back's handcuffs. That is, unless your starting running backs are Frank Gore and Devonta Freeman. (laughs) Jalen Ramsey and Golden Tate sparked a benches-clearing brawl following the Los Angeles Rams and New York Giants game Sunday. Apparently last summer, Ramsey dumped Tate's sister for a Las Vegas dancer while Tate's sister was pregnant with Jalen's child. The BPN News team will be providing continuing coverage of this story on the next episode of Days of Our Lives. (laughs) Cliff Kingsbury assured the media today that Kenyon Drake did not sustain a serious chest injury this past weekend. Instead, he claims that Drake missed most of the fourth quarter due to having the wind knocked out of him. Wind knocked out of him. Now Drake knows how all of his fantasy owners have felt this season. (laughs) And finally, just hours after announcing that he would be taking over the play-calling duties for the Houston Texans, coach and general manager Bill O'Brien was relieved of all of his duties. Apparently taking the offensive reins away from his offensive coordinator was a bigger straw than dealing DeAndre Hopkins for a washed running back on a bad contract. (laughs) This has been your BPN News Update. Nah, man, that wasn't the only straw. That was the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back. Um, Exactly. They have the highest payroll of all teams in the NFL. They're, what, 0-8 right now, I think, right? Because all their losses have to count as two with how how bad they played. Um, (laughs) No, they're 0-4. They traded away Hopkins for an aging running back. Um, a lot, look, I was the biggest David Johnson fan in the world, but that's just you don't trade for twenty-eight plus year old running backs coming off injuries, particularly ones coming off major injuries. Yeah, um, it just with, with bad contracts. Yeah, bad con- <laughs> like everything. So yes, they they couldn't afford to sign Hopkins. I understand that, or they didn't want to pay Hopkins what Hopkins deserved to be paid. Yeah, but that you don't solve your financial problems by trading for a guy with a contract that's just as bad. So I actually I can't remember, I wish I could remember who it was because I give him credit for it, but it was a former NFL executive of some sort, and he said, at least I think it was. There's no when when they say that they can't afford to sign a player, they don't want to sign the player because any team can find a way to sign a player that they want. Well, here in here in Minneapolis, uh, the Brain, the brain trust behind the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I don't know how they do it every year, but they always seem to find money to sign players. It, I mean, the, yeah. they have a capologist on staff that is, I mean, he's Moneyball personified. He manages to squeeze numbers and fix numbers in, in ways that would make most professional accountants blush. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the worst thing that could happen to NFL teams like that is if it was a hard cap. And there is no you get money back for cutting and saving and all that. Like that's why it's so easy, easily manipulated. And yes, yeah, some teams are better at it than others. That's for sure. But anyway, I digress. Um, you know, twenty players, roughly. That's I mean, what what do they roster? Well, the twenty now? plus both players and or staff. So yeah. some of them were staff. Okay. So still though, I mean, how many staff? How many players on a team? You're talking probably eighty ish 
So it's roughly around 25% of the team. Yep. That's, that's, that's not insane. It's just, it's insane. Well, and when you talk about the world of contract tracing nowadays involved with COVID, it, it's equally amazing and e- equally insane that there were zero positive cases at on, on seven straight days of testing of Minnesota Vikings players following their contest against the Titans. Well, I still don't, I still wouldn't feel like I was out of the woods, to be honest with you. Um, and when you say contact tracing, I think Alvin Kamara fans, fans, fans and <laughs> owners have to be worried out of I don't know what. He was um, contact, traced, contact traced to be sitting next to the Saints player that contracted COVID. Well, and the Saints player didn't contact COVID, according to the reversed test Sunday morning. Now, a lot of people, myself included, Saturday evening uh, got the tweet off off the wonderful bird channel known as Twitter. And uh, it said that uh, a member of the Saints, their fullback, uh, came down with a positive test for COVID. Well, of course... There was already all the question marks about, well, what was going to happen with the Patriots and Chiefs game? We, we didn't know if that was going to go on. There was a point this weekend, uh, Saturday night into Sunday morning, where I think a lot of teams were actually concerned that multiple games would be canceled or postponed this week. And that we may see yeah. uh, a situation where the NFL would just have to say, look, we're going to skip this week and push everything back a week. But then woke up Sunday morning at uh, about 7 a.m., uh, went to uh, get ready to start uh, getting myself ready for DFS for Sunday. And first thing I read is that the test was actually a false positive. And they were fortunate because apparently Alvin Kamara had sat next to this guy on the plane. So what happens if the false positive is false? Do we know yet? I don't. I don't. I have not heard that yet. So... I just saying. Well, like, I, I know in the NFL they are testing their players at least once a day. The Patriots are actually tested multiple times today for their game today against the Chiefs. Uh, they were tested before they got on the plane this morning, and they actually flew to KC today rather than flying in a day or two early. They they weren't allowed to get on their flight today until they were tested, yeah. and then they got tested again once they actually got into Kansas City. So so. Uh, testing's only going to ramp up, I think. So that's going to lead me to what we should talk about with how do fantasy leagues address this? Because there was still a chance at some point today, or I should say as of last night, when the games were wrapped or wrapping, that we didn't know if this game was truly going to happen, if there was more negative, more positive tests, right? Exactly. I don't don't think we actually knew until the Patriots got on their plane this morning at 8 a.m. Right. So now... I've got Rex Burkhead that I need to play because I've got a guy that's injured and another guy that's injured and another guy that's injured, right? Well, what do I do? Do I risk a zero or do I go find somebody else that I can play instead, like Kalen Balazs? Well, guess what? That's what I did. Didn't want to do it, but I had to do it. So here's what I think that fantasy leagues can look at doing. First of all, let's let's say this first. If your league does not have first-come, first-serve waivers the day of games – you need to fix that. And if you're worried that people will stock their lineups with, you know, somebody got hurt and they went and they beat them to the, the waiver wire, just add in to the rule that they have to start them. If you pick anybody up first, come first, serve on game day, you have to start them. Right? That makes it real easy. If it's a keeper league and you really want to twist it, make it that they can't have longer than a one-year contract. Can't keep them. 
But this is what I would say I would look at doing if I was thinking outside of the box, and it's going to take a little bit of work for commissioners, but allow yourself a DH of sorts. So I want to start Rex Burkhead tonight. (coughs) And I say that I want to start Rex Burkhead, but because we don't know what the NFL will do based on testing, I'm going to start Kalen Balazs, but if that game happens, I want Burkhead. No matter if Balazs goes for 45 points or minus four points. And I think that that's something that leagues need to look at being able to allow their teams to do. I totally agree with that. That's actually what a couple of the leagues I'm involved in did for this particular occasion. Uh, Again, we don't know what the specifics are going to be in the future of situations like this. Now, we're fortunate, I have to admit, that we're, we're really fortunate that we're able to have this game here tonight on Monday Night Football. Because, uh, like you said, even up to this morning, there was no 100% certainty that yep. this game would actually take place. Now, uh, adding to the problematic situation is the number of high-end players who are also out due to injury. Yep. And looking at the situation tonight, I mean, yes, there's another Monday Night Football game today, but you were looking at a situation, in this case, where it happened to be Atlanta and Green Bay playing, Green Bay without two of their top receivers. All three of the top receivers for the Falcons questionable up through this weekend. Um, so it was it was getting to the point where people were having a hard time coming up with, well, who are you even going to play or who could you possibly pick up? And what we decided was that uh, since there wasn't a hard and fast rule for this, that if a person or I'm mean, sure if a team has – their game canceled because of COVID or postponed because of COVID, you would have to declare before the player you want to play as his DH or his replacement, that that player would be your starter if the game didn't happen. So in my case, in one of my leagues, I have Tyree kill. I also had Anthony Miller on my bench where I'm glad he ended up staying. (laughs) He didn't do much this week. But basically, I had to, before the Chicago Bears game, I had to tell my commissioner, if this game tonight with Kansas City does not happen, if Tyree Kill does not play this week, that Anthony Miller will be my sub. And like you said, if Anthony Miller went off for four touchdowns and 160 yards, and then this game happened... I'm still stuck with Tyree Kill no matter what Miller did. Yep. And I know people are going to say, well, I mean, that's the way fantasy is, and you have to make concessions if a guy's injured like Julio and you don't know if he's going to play. Here's a difference. It's called the injury report, and that is out two days prior to a game, right? So Friday night for Sunday games and Saturday for Monday games. At that point, if Julio's listed as questionable, you have to balance whether or not you want to take the risk of starting him. You also know that based on the fact that he's, that game is happening, that maybe you have another player in that game that you can pivot to if, what, 45 minutes to an hour before game time, he's declared inactive. You can pivot. You can't pivot after the Sunday night games kick off and all of a sudden Sunday morning, Monday morning they say there were positive tests, the game's canceled. Or it's moving to week 17. Well, and – in another, in a redraft league I'm in, uh, they actually implemented something that I've been fighting actively against since they implemented it. And let me talk a little bit to this, is that uh, in that particular league, if a player 
is put on the commissioner's COVID IR, uh, officially put on the COVID IR, then you can pick up a replacement for that player on your roster. Now, the issue I have with that rule is that in the case of this week, right? nobody from Pittsburgh came down with COVID. Yep. But my team, which happens to have Pittsburgh players on it, is not able to play those Pittsburgh players this week because someone on a different team had COVID. Yep. Now, that other team gets the benefit of picking up someone and taking a free roster space because their player had COVID. I get nothing for me. And I did not like that. I can't say that I don't disagree with you. I think that that's one of those that you don't – okay, that's one of those things, kind of like how the NFL is dealing with it now. They had a plan. They realized, okay, maybe it's not going to work. we got to do something different. That's where if that's what your league did, at least it shows they were willing to try. Well, now you need to really lobby them to fix it. So going forward, it's fixed for people. And then somebody might say, like, okay, not you because you're a stand-up guy, but somebody say, well, no, screw that, man. It didn't help me. I'm not going to do it for somebody else. No, just do what's right. You know what I mean? Stand up for what's right. It'll be interesting to see, too. I mean, this was the one year where at your draft, concentrating on bye weeks was not a smart thing to do because there's going to be more changes to the bye weeks. Things are going to be swapped around. Again, you should have have realized this at your draft to concentrate on picking the best player available regardless of their bye. And personally, I subscribe to that theory anyways. With the exception of maybe looking to get a, if I'm in a league that requires kickers and I need a, or a defense, I need to get one in like round 17 or 18 to be my backup. Otherwise, yeah. I, I don't look at buys until after I get done with the draft. Yeah. The only time I look at buys, I'll be honest with you, is I want to roster, I don't want to roster three spots or four spots for kickers and defenses. I always want to make sure my kicker and defense has a different buy. That's all I care about. Yep. Or just get rid of those two positions entirely. Yeah, well, that that's true. But And when I say that, the reason for that is then you can pick that third person up, right, when you drop the kicker and you have your defense, and then the next yep. thing, then you do the same thing. So that's why. Um, but so what other ideas do you have for how, t- how leagues should address this or could address this? Well, well, first and foremost, leagues should have addressed this prior to the season starting, particularly dynasty leagues, because these are the type of things that happen – that could cause your owners to really get into a huff and, and could cause like serious schism forming problems in the league. Yep. So if, if you haven't addressed this yet, it's imperative that you get together with a, at least a quorum of your longest ranked or lo- longest running franchises to discuss this because it's going to happen again. Now, what I would say is that every week you, you put in your lineup and so, sometimes maybe it's just a case where you're going, to, you're going to have something, but stay on top of your lineups. Don't be the owner that doesn't pay attention on Saturday and Sunday. Take five minutes out of your day Saturday and Sunday to look at your lineups, make sure that your team hasn't had their game postponed or canceled. Follow Steve and myself on Twitter for updates on Sunday morning if things are play- players are going down or whatnot. And, and more importantly, I mean, if, if you're the team that's facing someone and you see that they've got players in their lineup on, on Sunday morning, don't be afraid to contact your commissioner or contact that other team directly 
and, and tell them again, competitive balance of your league folks. Yeah. Don't win one cheap. Don't lose one cheap. Stay on top of your roster. That's fantasy karma. That'll help you out there too. So here's something we did in one of my, um, dynasty leagues quite a while ago actually and it's something i think that team that leagues should look at implementing this year so that we've always had ir spots but if you and they were limited um back when you know the league first started like i think to three or something like that well times are changed now anyway once a player went on ir they could never play for you again okay emphasis on you okay because they're Mm -hmm. Because if a player was put on IR by their team, they couldn't play for that team the rest of the year either. But if they cut them for some reason, they could eventually sign with another team. It's happened once or two uh, times that I remember. Now, how does that work with this year with the actual NFI, NFL? And NFL IR being only three weeks so versus I don't, normally six to eight weeks. I don't know, and that's what I was going to say. So when, when they went to the rule where the team could designate a player to return – we did the same thing. We had a strict IR, and then we had an IR to return, where if we put a player on that, they could be returned. Okay? This year, if you're in a dynasty league, that's how your entire IR should operate. With the, return, the three-week IR, if you put a player on it, you should have the ability to bring him back just like the league does. Well, and some teams have actually ex- expanded even further this year by allowing teams, if they have a player listed as out for a week, not doubtful, not probable, not questionable, but if they're actually listed as out, they're able to put them on the IR for just that week. Again, with the rule being that obviously if you pick someone up to replace that player, the next week you have to choose between those two players. You can't pick up someone and then cut a third-party player. If you pick up someone, you have to drop either the player who is out or on IR or the player that you picked up that week. Yeah, I mean, I've been quite a few... Uh, redraft leagues that do that where you don't if you're you don't have to be on IR to go on IR if you're out some of them even have doubtful I don't like that honestly but it's there but yeah the same thing happens you can't set your lineup if that player is now questionable and you haven't gotten him off of IR you know what I mean like it locks your mm-hmm. your lineup so but that listen just all we're trying to say is things are different this year don't be a stodgy old man like, I don't even know if that's the right word for it, but don't be some grumpy old guy like me. Get off my lawn. I like things the way they are. You know, I like the DH in the American League. I don't like it in the National League. Get away from me with that crap. I don't like interleague play, right? This is a, a time where, you know what? Embrace it and try to think outside the box and do what's right for competitive balance. And you don't have to keep it that way. It, we'll be able to go back to normal at some point. Exactly. But you know what this does not impact that greatly? DFS. If ever there was a reason to really say and hammer home why you should play DFS, this is it. Exactly. And, and the really interesting thing is this year there have been so many like alterations to DFS. I mean, you can do snake drafts. You can do auction drafts on a weekly basis on DFS sites. Uh, so in case that's that's your thrill, if the thrill is being part of the auction, you can do that on the DFS site now. Not to mention that DFS sites are now also hosting best ball tournaments starting at various points throughout the season. So there's lots of options for you to play out there, not just setting your lineups for your GPPs and for your cash games. There you go. So I will let people know, of course, we're going to go into <clears throat> our pay up, stay aways, and value plays segment for DFS. Uh, for those of you that may be new and tuning in, Harley and I do not 
I repeat, do not discuss who we like or dislike, etc. for this segment. What he says will be the first time I've heard it as you're hearing it. Um, again, I will say, like Harley mentioned, we are recording live right now. It is Monday night at roughly 824, and I think the Chiefs and the Patriots are finally at halftime, correct? Yes, in a, in a field goal fest, which we all expected. Yep, there you go. Anyway, and I'm starting Brian Hoyer this week because of Cam being out with COVID in my <laughs> in my non-DFS leagues. Anyway, so Harley st- sets an over-under on how many of these picks we will agree with. Um, last week, we hit the over, I think, right? We, we, we matched the over on the last pick, if I remember right. That's right. We pushed because of it. You're right. Yep. Okay, and it was last pick. What do you got? And that was five. What do you got this week? Uh, we're going to bump it up one level today to six. Going under? Going under. I was going under probably if you just said three. I just don't feel good about this week. Interesting. Watch, okay. us, watch us match on eight or nine. Uh, there's going to be at least one that I know we're not going to match on already. <laughs> That's so. the one we'll probably match on. Okay. Um, I'm going to let you take it away. Go ahead and start us off. Who are you paying up for at the quarterback position? This week I'm going to pay up for one of the more expensive guys out there. That's Dak Prescott versus the New York Giants. Dak has thrown for more than 450 yards in each of his last three games. He has 11 total touchdowns over that span. And the Giants have actually been okay against the pass, but mostly just so-so. But realistically, Ben Roethlisberger is the only upper echelon quarterback they have faced. And he threw for three scores against them. Dak at this point in his career is a better quarterback than Ben Roethlisberger is at this point in his career. So three touchdowns is Dak's floor. Even if they segue away from throwing the ball 50 times this game, get Zeke more involved, I still think that Dak's going to throw for three and easily going to top 350 yards. So Dak was in my list of two people that I had to determine who I was going to go with. The Cowboys are, what are they now, one and three? Yes. Just got must win. Must win. Although just, right now they're only half a game out of first. That is true. Um, but they're at home. They just took a big beating from the Browns. Even as close as that game was, that was a beating, right? That was an embarrassment. That was total. I, I there were part parts of me thinking to myself, just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Is someone going to get fired at this game? Yeah, no no stuff. Um, but I did not go with Dak. I, I got influenced by some news today. And that is the firing of Bob. <laughs> so I am going to go with Deshaun Watson, who, again, they're 0-4. They're in a serious must-win um, spot. So he's a little bit cheaper than Dak. Um, I still feel it's a pay-up. He's like the top what top six, I think, on yeah, he's sixth overall on so DraftKings. You may not have as much confidence. I think Dak is chalk. There's no doubt about it. Dak's chalk. I think he throws for close to 400 yards this week. It, it very well might be. I, I love Deshaun this week. Again, he should the, the leash should be free. At least we hope so. Yeah. Now, That's the biggest question hoping. mark is, I mean, 
will will he play this game unleashed or will he play this game conservative against a team that Houston, despite their being bad, they still should beat Jacksonville just because they're a better team than Jacksonville. The talent on the floor, the talent on paper is better in Houston. I don't think you fire Bob this week to be conservative with Deshaun. Good, good take there, that, definitely. And that's basically the take that fueled my selection of, of him at that point. Who are you staying away from? We might have a match here. This, this is the one. I, I don't think there's any chance in hell we're going to match on here. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm going to stay away from Lamar Jackson versus Cincinnati. That's our match. No way. <laughs> As, I see it. I see it. Let's be there. I'm holding I didn't think notebook. there was any way we could both come to this consensus. Yeah. But I was looking at the price tags and whatnot. I mean, there's so many great great values up at the top of price wise. And here's the thing. Lamar Jackson is going to get great yardage on the ground against the Cincinnati team. The Cincinnati can't stop the run worth a darn. Uh, but here's the thing. The Ravens won't have to throw the ball this game. No, they can hand the ball off 40 times. Jackson can carry it 15 times, probably get about 80 yards on the ground. But he's going to finish with only like 125 passing yards. Maybe a touchdown if we're lucky. And he's going to be out of the game by the end of the third quarter. They're going to have RG three in there anyways. So people may not realize this, but Cincinnati's like a bottom five matchup for fantasy quarterbacks. Um, and I'm with you. There are other ways that they're going to look to get things rolling. And price-wise, not that I don't think that Lamar is not a good play, but price-wise doesn't make sense. So we have our Well, here's an interesting thing about Cincinnati is that, uh, again, when you're the second or third worst team in the league against the run, y- your opponents don't have to throw the ball. That's right. Plus, they actually home. went out and – they changed up their secondary this year. I mean, they were bad last year against the pass, but they added the two best cornerbacks that were on the Vikings last year, Mackenzie Alexander and Trey Waynes. Yep. Uh, those two are both starting to round themselves into form. Now they're, uh, they're getting comfortable. And obviously they have a familiarity of working together because they worked together in the past in Minnesota. So the, the defense is a little bit better against the pass than you might think. Again, like I said, it shouldn't matter because you don't need a pass against them. So, I'm interested to see what you did at your value play because there weren't many value plays I liked, and I cheated, I think. But go ahead. Uh, yeah, it's kind of the same boat. I, I looked it over there. Most of the cheap price guys have, have really bad matchups this week. Yeah. I, I thought about uh, I thought about paying up for uh, or taking uh, Matt Ryan as a value play even yeah. at this point. I thought about Daniel Jones as a value play Yeah. Uh, in what should be a shootout there. But ultimately, I settled on a guy who – I have bemoaned it all season long that I haven't liked because of his history. I'm going to go with uh, Teddy Bridgewater this week. Okay. Uh, his price tag is only 5900 on DraftKings, 7100 on FanDuel. Uh, Atlanta has allowed the fourth most passing touchdowns this season without factoring in the game tonight. So they're actually going to probably be even higher on that list after tonight's game against uh, Green Bay. Teddy Finally had a quality game last week versus Arizona. But then again, realistically, anytime he throws for more than one touchdown, it's a considered victory in his book. He has the weapons around him. Robbie Robbie Anderson's playing really well right now. DJ Moore has the talent. He just hasn't gotten the chances. Uh, Ian Thomas caught a touchdown uh, this past week. Uh, Also, uh, Mike Davis is playing like a cheap version of Christian McCaffrey. So realistically, there's no excuses for Bridgewater to not have a serviceable game this week. At that price, if you're not going to pay up at quarterback, he's probably the best option. So 
and I, I think of you every time I see Bridgewater throws a touchdown, honestly. Um, <laughs> so here's my cheat, because just like you, I did not like any of the cheaper-priced quarterbacks. I mean, Baker's got a tough matchup. Wentz has no receivers still. Um, I don't trust Daniel Jones. Otherwise, he would be the epitome of that. Um, I'm going to go with San Francisco quarterback. <laughs> I mean, is that fair? No, we, we don't know who no, it is, is <laughs> right? We don't know who it is. I don't care if it's Jimmy. I don't care if it's Mullins. I don't care if it's Bethard. Whoever it is that's starting, that's who I'll put in my value play. The Dolphins have given up the fourth most fantasy points to quarterbacks this year. So San Francisco quarterback. Well, I would like to add, too. Uh, so one thing we found out in this last game is that uh, Miami actually managed to take Tyler Lockett out of the game for basically the first three quarters. Now, I don't know if that was Seattle planning for that or Miami's defense stopping him, per se. But when you look at the situation with San Francisco, San Francisco has all their weapons back now. So <laughs> they can actually beat some people through the air, yep. not just on the ground. You've got the, the rookie... I, you've got uh, Debo Samuel came back, uh, looked really pretty good, looked fully healthy out there for yes. limited snaps this past game. And obviously they've yeah. got George Kittle back, and uh, there's no way to describe what George Kittle did to Philadelphia. It's felonious in 48 contiguous states here of the U.S. That it is. Okay, so at running back, I'm going to go first. This might, go be a, this might be another match because I couldn't have Dak – I wanted a piece of this game, so I'm paying up for Zeke. Again, I, I talked about him a little earlier. I thought about it because I actually think that Dallas is going to try to establish the run a little bit more of this game because of the fact that they're not winning throwing the ball 50 times a game. Well, and I almost went with that, but I didn't. I, here's the other thing. <laughs> I think that he's going to be involved in the passing game, but I think he's going to eat really in the in the running game at the end of the game. So... But go ahead. Who'd you pay up for? I decided to pay up for Clyde Edwards Elair, as they like to say. I, I, I still refuse to call him Elair, but everyone on the TV nowadays does. So <laughs> uh, they're facing Las Vegas, and as we talked about last week a little bit, Las Vegas is one of the worst in the league against the run. They're actually worse than Carolina. They've allowed the second most total yards to the position, the most total TDs. Uh, Hilaire is more Hilaire, Hilaire, however you want to pronounce it, has more than 130 total yards in two of his three starts. Uh, he looks like he's on pace for another 100-yard performance today. So uh, at 6,800, it, it doesn't really feel like I'm paying up. No, exactly. But it's it's I mean 7,900 on Fanduel. He's still one of the top price guys. So yeah, I mean he's top five. So mm -hmm. I'll give you that. So my stay away. I had two guys. Um, that I was, eh, you know, should I, shouldn't I? I'm going to go with the guy who's a little bit cheaper. Um, I think he's got just a tough matchup. He's on the road. They're going to have two weeks to prepare. No receivers, so you don't have to worry about that. But I'm staying away from Miles Sanders against Pittsburgh. We have a match there. All right. Pittsburgh is allowing, <clears throat> Pittsburgh's allowing only 73 yards per game to total to opposing running backs. That's pass catching and rushing. Sanders has looked good against bad run defenses this year, but he struggled to get things going on Sunday night versus the Niners. Plus, Carson Wentz has been stealing the goal line work there, and now the team is starting to give snaps in the red zone to Jalen Hurts. 
I mean, if Hertz takes on a Taysom Hill role, it's only going to cut more into Sanders' goal line work. The offensive line is a complete mess in Philly right now, and they're about to face a team that's very, very good against the run. Yeah. Um, you wonder who else I almost stayed away from, but I decided he's too much to stay away from. Was Derek Henry? <clears throat> Was it? Derek Henry? Don't I agree. Lo- don't love that matchup, but they are at home. They'll have two weeks. I figured, you know what? I I dislike the Miles matchup a little bit more. I almost stayed away from Kareem Hunt. Okay. Uh, about the same price as Sanders too. Going against Indy. Indy's defense is legit, folks. Uh, against the run, against the pass, against the tight ends, against quarterbacks, wide receivers, it doesn't matter. Now, obviously, Hunt is going to be a popular play this week because of his pass catching ability. His role in the offense, no Nick Chubb. And again, his price tag is up there in that elite stratosphere right now. He, he's the seventh highest priced running back on DraftKings and the one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh, eighth highest running back on FanDuel this week. And this, I don't see him getting three times value at that price. I don't think he, I don't think it's a guarantee that he will, but. I do like the fact that it's at home. So if somebody wants to be contrarian a little bit with it, I do like the fact that it's in Cleveland. And look, there aren't many teams running the ball as well as they are right now. Well, plus you have to wonder how much role uh, that Ernest Johnson will have going forward too. True, because you know Hunt was nursing. I think it was a groin injury, also. So coming into the game, yeah, yeah. All right, who's your value play? I have two guys. I was deciding between. <clears throat> There's a chance we might match here. Well, I'm going to go uh, for my value play with a guy who scored in three straight weeks. A guy by the name of Antonio Gibson. Uh, over their first three weeks, Los Angeles allowed 379 total yards and three total touchdowns to unquestioned opposing teams' number one running backs. Well, take a look at uh, Washington's stats over the last few weeks. Antonio Gibson is the unquestioned number one running back there right now. Last week... The Rams allowed the unholy trinity of Devonta Freeman, Deion Lewis, and Wayne Gallman to look like serviceable backs. They combined for 131 yards from scrimmage. The Rams, they may also be facing some suspensions following that fight with the Giants last week. So uh, if, they're, if they lose some of their defensive players because of that, this game could actually end up being closer than it would probably be on paper when you're thinking about the Rams versus the uh versus the Washington Football Club, and that should mean that uh, as long as the game stays close, uh, Gibson will be in there. Yeah, that's not a bad play at all. I'm going to go – actually, I'm going higher than you. That's not usual, right? Um, I couldn't decide between two guys, and it real, it's, a, it's more of a gut than anything else. But we already mm-hmm. talked about that they're going to run the ball, and they're going to run the ball a lot. And I'm going with the Ravens' backfield. I had to decide between Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins. And I have to say, I think that Dobbins makes people perk up and look this week. Well, as, as a Dobbins dynasty owner, I hope so. I'm, I'm sick and tired of them uh, not giving him the looks that he deserves. He is a fabulous talent. He's a very adept pass catcher. Well, and realistically, we haven't seen nearly as much out of the rookie running backs this year, with the exception of Clyde Edwards, E. Lair. But we're starting to see these huge breakout games for the rookie ride receivers, which is kind of uh, adverse to what we've normally seen, where most of the time it takes two to three years for wide receivers to break out. You've got guys like T. Higgins and Justin Jefferson 
going ham right now. Yep. So the other thing is, and I don't know if people realize this, Mark Ingram, I don't think, has topped 11 carries this year. Well, Ingram's kind of washed, too. I'm a little surprised so, that they didn't try to unload him this offseason. Yeah. So I'm going to take a risk if I'm trying to stick a cheap running back in and see if I can hit jackpot with Dobbins. It's a good thought there. I almost thought about going a little higher yet on the price thing and say, well, I'm just going to take Todd Gurley as my value play going up against Carolina. <laughs> yeah. Hey, again, we always say it's not about price. It's about return, right? Exactly. Trust the process. All right. So halfway through, we got two matches. I told you it's going to be a tough week. It is a tough week. I think we're going to have a match here because I think you're stacking. You think I'm stacking, huh? Yeah, I do. I think you're stacking. I'm not. I'm not. Come I'm on. not stacking. You're it. not stacking. <clears throat> What's interesting is I'm going with the guy that you chose last week that I didn't choose, DeAndre Hopkins. This week he gets to take, take on the New York Jets. The Jets' defense just allowed Brett Rippon to score 37 points against them. In that game, they made Tim Patrick and Jerry Judy look like Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. DeAndre Hopkins, well, he had a down week this past week uh, as he played through an ankle injury. But one more week we remove from that injury, he should be back to normal. You know, even with that bad week for the season, Hopkins is averaging 10 catches and 100 yards per game. 10 catches and 100 yards per game is a great starting point for your wide receiver one. That's not a bad thing at all. But I'm paying up for the best wide receiver in football when he plays <laughs> when he plays at home. I'm going to say I, I, I didn't take the quarterback. I'm stacking my running back and my wide receiver. I'm going with Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper is, I mean, I really wanted to see them trade Amari Cooper this offseason because I wanted Michael Gallup to be a thing. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, Michael Gallup isn't a thing right now. No, he's not. We're seeing, the, it's the Amari Cooper and the CeeDee Lamb show with a little bit of Cedric Wilson for uh, S's and giggles, right? Yes, that's exactly what it is. Um, but yeah. We haven't seen Dalton Schultz get involved in the action. Yep. And here's the thing. I'm not going to do the homework for our listeners on this, but go look up. Amari stats at home versus on the road. But just Julio used to have something that was very similar, but his was he was always better on the road than he was at home. Amari is, if it was just all played in Dallas, he'd be by far head and shoulders the number one wide receiver in the league. So, And what is appearing to be, I think, is going to be a good good game for them um, in a must-win situation. Give me both Zeke and Amari. I think they both eat this week to the tune of close to 30 points each. I absolutely agree. Who's your stay away? Uh, you're not going to like my stay away. Oh no! Yeah, sorry, buddy. It, it's a fa- it's a favorite of yours, and you know a team to root for. So I am staying away from Tyreek Hill this week. Never an easy thing to stay nope. away from somebody on the Chiefs. Um, yep. But you look at the Raiders; they're a bottom five matchup for fantasy wide receivers so far this year. Um, I know it's in Kansas City, so that almost made me not do it. But I'm just going to go with my gut and, and, and watch the numbers. I'm going to stay away from Mr. Hill. There actually is a trend to think about here as, like you said, Las Vegas's overall numbers against wide receivers aren't that great. Uh, I should say are actually pretty good. But yeah, I know you. they've point. actually been fairly successful against wide receiver ones this year. So I, I, I see where you're going with this argument. And actually... At his price tag, I'm probably not going to have a lot of exposure to Hill this week. I like Stephon Diggs uh, a little bit better. I like Cooper yeah. better, Hopkins better. Uh, 
and, and after that, it gets to be kind of a question mark panel going down the list here. The guy I'm going to stay away from this week, though, is Odell Beckham Jr. versus Indianapolis. As I mentioned earlier in the running get, uh, running back section, Indy's defense is elite on every aspect and every level. Uh, Ellen Robinson last week was the first wide receiver one to do anything against Indianapolis this year. Going into that game, they were averaging two receptions and 13 yards a game to the position. Uh, Robinson went off for 100 yards, a lot of that in garbage time last uh, last night. So it's one of those situations where, again, are, they're, they're good. They really are. They're legit. And, you know, Oleo Beckham, he just had a huge game last week. Are you going to chase those points? People are going to chase them. Of course they are. Should you chase them? No, you should not. So, you know Odell has not had a 100-yard receiving game yet this year, right? What did he finish with yesterday? 80-something, I want to say. Ah. Uh, You've got to go back. i got to give him credit, though, for that, for that run. That run yesterday was impressive. Yeah, I tweeted a picture of that run and cut everybody <clears> out except for the defender and the 40-yard line and said, which way do you think this guy's going if you haven't seen this game or this replay? For the touchdown, <laughs> it definitely looked like he's going. He would have been going to the right end zone, which of course would not have been the correct place to go. So I'm gonna, you go ahead and talk about Odell real quick for something. I'm gonna look at something up here. I want to see if I can share. Well, so I think the big thing with Odell is that it seems like every year now since he's uh, left, even during his last couple of years with the Giants, he would have one or two games where he would just go absolutely berserk. And we're talking a game like last week where he'd have three touchdowns. He would top 150 total yards. He'd be involved both rushing and passing. Sometimes, I'm sorry, both rushing and receiving, possibly even passing in some cases. Back when he was with the Giants, he completed a few passes, if I remember right. And to see him do that against a Cleveland defense that was shorthanded in the secondary, it was a good matchup. If he started Beckham, it was a smart play. If he started Landry, it was a smart play because of the matchup. But this coming week, if you think about it from the matchup standpoint, it's not a good matchup. It's not a good play, and it's a game that's probably going to be a, a typical AFC uh, midday clunker as far as offense goes. It's one of those games where I just really don't want to have much involvement on either side of the ball. Okay. Number of games for Odell Beckham in Cle- with Cleveland with 100 or more yards receiving? Two. Exactly. His last one would have been week six of last year. His first one was week two um, with the team where he went for six catches for 161 yards. So 161 and 101. That's it. Um, So it has not been a great statistical um, thing for Odell since he's been in Cleveland. So One thing I will say that's that's kind of a plus for Odell is his usage in the red zone this past week. I like the fact that they targeted him a couple times in the red zone which maybe will increase his likelihood of scoring touchdowns going forward with him. I've always wondered why Baker didn't target him more in the red zone because he's such a big threat. Now, the team will also, there's a chance they'll be getting David Njoku back this week. And if that happens, uh, he's going to probably cut into some of Austin Hooper's looks. Yeah. But it could also create another big face at the goal line to maybe take away some of those looks that could go to back them if they continue that trend. Very true. Okay, I have a feeling we're going to match here. I know you think there's no way, but go ahead. 
I stacked my value plays. I'm going to go with Robbie Anderson. Okay. At Atlanta. We're not well, much to the chag- <clears throat> much to the chagrin of DJ Moore owners. Robbie Anderson is the true wide receiver one in Carolina. Through four weeks, Anderson is averaging seven catches and 94 yards per game. He only has one receiving touchdown. That's Teddy Bridgewater's fault. Atlanta has allowed five different wide receivers to top 90 yards against him, including every single big, like six-foot-plus outside big-bodied receiver. Every single one of those guys has top 90 yards against him this year. That's how Anderson's built. That's his role. He's the outside guy. He's going to have a big game. DJ Moore might have a big game too, but I like Anderson more this week. So unless he's gotten hurt in this game, which I don't know because I haven't looked over my shoulder in a while, um, my value play is almost half the price of yours. And his quarterback situation is muddy right now. So I'm doing so knowing, well, if the starter's back, then I feel good. And if it's not, that he's got two weeks in a row with this guy and it'll make me feel better. I am going to say that Demir Bird is a sneaky, sneaky value play at home in New England against a Denver team that's fourth, giving up the fourth most points to fantasy wide receivers this year at $3,000. He's a swing that I look three times value is nine points. It's interesting you bring up Demir Bird because I'm actually playing him in a couple of showdown matchups this week, uh, if just for tonight's games, because I really like. Uh, his chances, and for some reason, whereas by this point, uh, both FanDuel and DraftKings are starting to adjust salaries a little bit, they still haven't done anything with their first salary. He's yeah. still at the absolute bottom of the DraftKings barrel. Well, I really thought that was a possible match because that seemed like your kind of play. Oh, trust me. I, I, I like the mirror board. I'm actually playing him tonight in this game, and hopefully he does a little something for me. But... Uh, for next week, definitely a three thousand. If you if you're punting the position, if you're punting your wide receiver three, so you can maybe squeeze a couple big dollar running backs in there. If you want to get Zeke in there next week, and you decide to go with a cheap wide receiver core, Bird is a great way to look. Yep. So we can sweep the tight end position. We're not going to hit the over. We're not even nope. going to push. Um, who are you We're going to match on the first two here. <laughs> pretty certain. I think so too. Honestly, I really do. Um, who are you paying up for? I don't know how you can pay up for anyone other than George Kittle uh, facing Miami. Did you just see what Kittle did to the Eagles? San Francisco has their full complement of starting wide receivers now back healthy. Kittle still went ham. It, it was absurd. I mean, 15 targets, 15 catches, huge performance. Greg Olson is the only decent tight end that Miami has faced all season. And he and Will Disley combined for seven catches and 50 yards this past week. Greg Olson can't hold George Kittle's jockstrap at this point in his career. Kittle is going to be so far over 100 yards, so far over 10, t- 10 catches. This, this is going to be just a ridiculous line for him. I mean, if you thought his line was crazy this week, check back next week at this time when he's got 15 catches again. He has another 150 yards, and he has two touchdowns instead of just one. So I tried to not pay up for Kittle. I almost didn't pay up for Kittle. But I did pay up for Kittle. That's who I picked. <laughs> but the play almost was, for a player that's $1,000 cheaper, it was almost Tyler Higby. Washington's been pretty bad against tight ends this year. And, and uh, again, at 5,600, 
he might not seem like a value because that's kind of right in the middle, like the wide receiver two range. But we're talking about the sixth highest priced tight end. So. Yep. yep. All right. Who are, you st- who are we staying away from? Zach Ertz at Pittsburgh. Uh, Ertz has, was just outperformed by Richard Rodgers yesterday against San Francisco. Pittsburgh's defense is just as tough as San Francisco's, probably even more tough because they, they're fully healthy. And they can shut down an opponent's top wide receiver with their elite cornerbacks. Well, Ertz is technically Philadelphia's top wide receiver. So he's going to see probably Joe Hayden in this game. That's not a good matchup for Ertz. So it's not a match, believe it or not. Um, I don't don't disagree with it. But I went a different (laughs) avenue to try and hammer home the the pay-up, honestly. Um, So I'm staying away from Travis Kelsey. The Raiders have given up, I think, the third fewest points to fantasy tight ends. And I know that yep. people will still, they like Kelsey, they like the name. Well, I can, I can play him over Kittle and save a little bit of money. No, don't do that. So that's why well, I'm, and here's the I'm crazy hammering thing. home. You're not saving Kittle. money. You're not saving money. Kelsey is $200 cheaper on DraftKings, but Kelsey is actually $700 yeah. more expensive on FanDuel. That's true. I always look at DraftKings. I never look at FanDuel. That's on me. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. So... That's why I'm saying stay away from Kelsey. One, it's a bad matchup. Two, as the two high-priced guys, you shouldn't be looking that way. So that's why we're saying stay away from Travis Kelsey. So notice a trend there. I've stayed away from both the, run, the wide receiver and the tight end in Kansas City. I almost stayed away from Patrick Mahomes as my quarterback. Who's your value play? Well, I had two guys. I always have two guys, right? And the one guy's not cheap or not cheap enough to really be a value play. But then I look at it and I go, but he's, he's a value with what he's going to put up. And I went, well, I could go this guy who is really a value and doesn't need to hit, but you know, less than 10 points to go three times value. Um, my cheap value play that I did not go with was going to be Drew Sample. Okay. Sample size came in last week. Yes, he did. And he missed, I think, a touchdown or two, didn't he? Uh, he had at least one that probably should have been a touchdown, but he uh, didn't didn't haul it in. <laughs> so, so I wanted a piece of this game, and I didn't have enough trust to put into Daniel Jones from a standpoint, and I, I couldn't figure out what receiver I wanted to go after. So I'm going to go and pay up for Evan Ingram against the Dallas Cowboys. Who would have thought at the start of the year that the price tag on Dalton Schultz on DraftKings would be higher than the price tag on Evan Ingram. Yeah, very true. But that shows how everything changes here. I mean, obviously, Blake Jarwin was a popular pick to blossom this year in Dallas, and he went out and got hurt. And Dalton Schultz is actually looking like a better version of Blake Jarwin since Dalton Schultz has taken over. So uh, that's, that's an option there. Evan Ingram's an option. Uh, I actually paid a little bit less for my value play. And much like the uh, rest of the conversation we've had today, I'm picking on Philadelphia once again. I'm going to give the uh, ball to Evan, no, Eric Ebron. Eric Ebron of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Philly has been clobbered by both Tyler Higby, three touchdowns, George Kittle with the ridiculous line last night. Uh, they even made Logan Thomas a thing back in week one. Yep. Ebron has actually gotten more targets, more receptions, and more yards each week of the season so far. He finally scored his first touchdown last week. 
the the timing's right here. They've had the extra week to plan. Ebron's going to go off against Philly. I can't disagree with that. Um, and I don't know how Philly will score enough points to win that game, which makes me sad. And you know what? They still could wind up in first place at one and four and one. I think. <laughs> one, Who, who's who's their who's their number three receiver right now? He, um, he played for Old Dominion. How's that? Okay. And actually, Fulgham, yeah, or... and actually, he might even be their number two. I, I know, it's bad. It really is. Well, I, I remember Deontay Burnett from his time in, I believe, the AAF, and I remember Greg Ward from his time in the AAF. Yep. Uh, don't remember John Hightower. He was a fifth round pick, I believe, though this yes. year. Hightower is technically the number two. Yes. Um, and realistically, they might be getting Elshon back at some point. They might be getting Deshaun back at some point. Uh, they might be getting J. J. Uh, never mind. <laughs> yes, never mind. Hopefully, they get Rieger back at some point. Um, but until then, who the heck knows? So yes, this is one of our um, least matched weeks ever, possibly with only three matches. Um, just goes to show that you can go different ways when you look at this. And you know what? You should, and you should have fun with it because it's a little less stressful than than normal redraft stuff is right now. So. And the best way to go about it is, of course, sign up for the huddle. And there's all kinds of cool tools there that you can use. The other thing you can do is follow Harley on Twitter at Nuclear Harley. You can follow me, of course, at Steve Gallo NFL. And, you know, the other thing that you can do is make sure that you're staying safe, okay? Keeping other people safe, being responsible, being a good civic duty person. But listen, we have one more request for you before we leave for the day, and that's if you have not registered to vote. Go register and vote this year. Whatever you do, vote. And with that, we say, get votes responsibly. Cheers. <laughs>